Hey, good morning, West Houston Christian Center. This is Pastor Jack C. And uh, I'm honored that I get to take a few minutes and speak into your lives wherever you may be and wherever you may be watching this. Let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We thank you Lord, that this is the day that you've made, Lord, and that we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, Father, I pray right now over the congregation of West Houston Christian Center, Father, and we just speak peace and provision and joy and hope. And uh, Father, we thank you, Lord, that uh, you have not left us alone. You've blessed us with your word, with your precious Holy Spirit. We have the name of Jesus. We have your precious blood and uh, we have the word, Father. So we're not alone. We're not distressed. We're not perplexed, Father. Uh, we know exactly what we're supposed to do and exactly when we're supposed to do it. Uh, for we know the voice of the Good Shepherd and the voice of another we will not follow in Jesus' name. Amen? Well, I just wanted to take a few minutes and just speak into your lives. You know, I was thinking this morning, and, and bear with me for a moment, when I was a child growing up, uh, none of us came from perfect homes. Amen? Uh, we all had some level of dysfunction. Uh, there was strife and rebellion in my family uh, that we had to work through. But there was one constant that I remember, and that even when things were not the best for anybody in my family, we all used to come together to the dinner table every night, and there was just something about being together around the dinner table that we would laugh. Uh, yep, I would get in trouble. My brothers would get in trouble. But we would. there was such a joy uh, of coming together and, uh, and being around the dinner table and sharing and breaking bread with one another. On those very, 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 very special and rare occasions, we would be allowed to take our food and our plates and our dinner, our TV trays, and watch something special on TV while we ate dinner. That was the exception. It wasn't the norm. Well, what's that have to do with anything? Church is not supposed to be us at home watching from a distance. We're supposed to be together. We're all supposed to be around the dinner table together. So what we're doing today uh, is a special treat where you get to take out your TV tray and you get to get out your Bible and you get to be in your jammies and you get to watch it from a screen. But just know that God's intent is for us to be together. Uh, uh, unity, praying for one another, there's strength in the body. So I hope you're in your jammies. I hope you've got food in front of you and a good cup of coffee. And uh, we're going to have a great time this morning. I want to just share a couple of verses with you. Um, actually, I'm going to start with the last verse that God gave me this morning first, because I think it's important. And I want us to go to Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. And it simply says, Let every person be loyally subject to the governing civil authorities. For there is no authority except from God, by His permission, His sanction. And those that exist do so by God's appointment. I want us to recognize and realize that what we're doing by not meeting these last few services is that we are listening to what our president has asked us to do. Uh, we're not not meeting because we're fearful of a virus. We're not not meeting 
uh, out of fear, and we are not going to meet to be rebellious. We're going to follow the words uh, of our elected officials. Brings up an interesting point. So our president is a Republican. The governor of Texas is a Republican. The mayor of Houston is a Democrat. Which one do I listen to? All of them. We do not get to decide who we listen to because of a party affiliation. There's an anointing upon these people to lead. And it is good for us and it's good for our country when we listen and do what they're advising us to do. Let me share another scripture with you. In 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 3, it's 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 3. It says, first of all, then I admonish and urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be offered on behalf of all men. For kings and all who are in positions of authority or high responsibility, that outwardly we may pass a quiet and undisturbed life, and inwardly a peaceable one in all godliness and reverence and seriousness in every way. Verse 3. For such praying is good and right, and it is pleasing and acceptable to God our Savior. There's only one thing in the Bible that God allows me to say or do about our elected officials. Only one thing, and that's to pray. He does not give me a charge to criticize or to second guess. The only thing that God admonishes us to do so that our lives will be peaceable is to pray for those that are in authority over us. So I want to encourage you this morning, as soon as we're done with the service today, please add our government officials to the top of your prayer list. You'll notice that there's a promise for us when we pray for the believers that our lives will become more peaceable, and we need all the peace that we can get right now. So I encourage you, pray for our president. Pray for those that are making decisions concerning this virus. Pray for those that are making decisions concerning our economy right now. Don't be in fear. Don't criticize. Don't second guess. We are not allowed to do that in the body of Christ. We are told specifically to pray for those that are over us so that our lives will be blessed. Pray for our mayor. Pray for all those that are in authority. I'm, I'm going to just be transparent with you. Pray for Michelle and I. We're the, we've been senior pastors for six months, and here we are in the, in, the, in the middle of one of the most interesting crises our world has ever experienced. I'm almost 54 years old, have never seen anything even close to this take place in our world. So I, I covet your prayers also as we're making decisions for the church and moving forward. Amen? So, so a couple of other scriptures I want to share with you, and I think most importantly what we need to remember is is 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound and well-balanced mind. And let me give you some definitions for sound mind. Sound mind means safe thinking. It means good judgment. It means disciplined thought pattern. It means the ability to understand and make right decisions. It includes the qualities of self-control and self-discipline. President Roosevelt, which I'm told, made this statement that we have nothing to fear but fear itself. 
Fear is the delivery system for this virus to spread through our nation. And uh, so I just want to encourage each and every one of us, when it talks about God giving us a sound mind, there's no panic in heaven over what's going on in the earth today. There's no panic there. There's no chaos. There's no hoarding. There's no rioting. There's none of those things in the kingdom of heaven right now. There's nothing but peace and joy and love. Amen? And so I want to encourage us, when our minds, you are going to be tempted at many points along the way. Do I have enough this? Do I have enough of that? Are we going to make it? Are people going to do crazy things? Do not let your mind run away with you. God has given you, through grace and faith, a sound mind. You have the ability to make right decisions and to operate in self-control right now because of the Word of God. Do not be led by a mob mentality or a panic mentality to go out and make wrong decisions. Satan, at best, is trying to get you in a, in a position where you have two bad choices to choose from. We don't want to be put in that situation. Amen? So, do not let your mind run away with you. I would encourage you, limit. There's so many voices right now, so many voices, talking about what we should do and what we shouldn't do and how long this should last and, and, and how long it's going to last and what it's going to do to the economy and, and all those types of things. Folks, nobody knows anything except God. He's the voice that we want to listen to. So don't get caught up in what-ifs. Don't get caught up in rumors. Don't get caught up in the hype over all that's going on. Listen to what our leaders are telling us to do. Submit to what they're asking us to do. We'll reevaluate, re-advise, and we'll make decisions coming from a place of strength and wisdom and faith, not from fear, not from panic, and not from uh, chaos. Amen? So, also I want to encourage you, 1 John 4.18 there is no fear in love. Please, please, please keep this uh, at, at the forethought of your thoughts that God loves you. God is your Father. God is your provider. God is your protector. Amen? God is not, did not bring us this far just to cut us loose because of a virus. God is still on the throne. If you need provision, ask Him for provision. If you need help, ask Him for help. But when you ask Him for help, don't ask Him to do things that He's already empowered us to do. Speak the Word. Begin to do what you know how to do and do it now. Amen? Speak back to these voices. You tell them. They're trying to give you facts. You speak the truth. Amen? Greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. And, and that excites me. That knows that God is bigger than what's going on in our world today. And we, by faith, just need to receive and, and fall into that grace that's already been provided for us. Amen? Secondly, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Let me give you a little a backstory on this. And I think I've shared this before. Anytime I've ever watched a movie about World War II, whether it was factual, whether it was correct, or whether it was incorrect, I've always watched it through the eyes of the victor. I've never watched 
a World War II movie or documentary through those that were victims or those that were vanquished during World War II. I've always seen it from the victory side. I want to encourage us to begin to look at this situation not through the eyes of victims, not through the eyes of the vanquished, but we need to look at this through the eyes of the victor. We already have the victory over what's going on right now. We are not subject to what is happening with this virus. It's already been defeated. It's already been destroyed. We've already been given authority over it. What we are going to do is operate in wisdom. Amen? Faith does not make me cocky. It gives me a confidence not in what I can do, but what God and the tools that He's already given me to not just survive, but to overcome in this world that I'm in. Amen? The Bible says that I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And this life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? I, I said this Sunday morning, what day did God create the coronavirus during the creation period? Which of those seven days did He create this virus? He didn't. Amen? but He already put in place through His Son, Jesus Christ, everything that we would need to deal with it. Amen? We're the victors in this, not the victims. 1 John 3.8 says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifested that He might destroy the works of the enemy. Ladies and gentlemen, body of West Houston Christian Center, this is what we've been training for. This is why we've spent so much time learning to walk and live by faith. You know, I was thinking the other day, I, I've been very blessed to spend a lot of time in the gym. Once I got God gave me this wonderful discipline to begin working out. And I've lifted weights for more, more than half life. It's something that I really, really enjoy. But the simple truth is, is I don't lift weights just to look good. I lift weights so that I have a strength when it needs to be called upon that I can use. I'm stronger. That's the same thing when it comes to faith. I don't study faith just so it'll puff up my knowledge or make me look good or feel good. No, I learned to live by faith because there's a strength that's going to be called upon one day that I'm going to need to overcome whatever obstacles put in front of me. This is why we study faith. This is why we believe what we believe. This is why that we need to begin. We have faith projects because we need to be building and building and building that faith muscle so that when we get it put under the pressure or the weight of what's happening in the world, it doesn't crush me. I push it out of the way. So this is what we're here for. This is why we're here. This is why we've been studying. This is why we've been praying. This is why we have the Holy Spirit. It's not for us to stick our heads in the sand. It's for us to take our stand and use the spiritual muscle that God's given us so that we can push back and we can be the light that we've been called to be. Amen? This is why we study and live by faith, not to make me look good. And, uh, and finally this morning, Luke 13, verses 11 through 16. And uh, everybody knows this story. I'm just going to read verse 11. And it simply says, And there was a woman there who for 18 years had an infirmity caused by a spirit, uh, a demon of sickness. Verse 16 says, 
And God, and ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan kept bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? This is an awesome story where Jesus is going to heal somebody, but it happens to be on the Sabbath. He looks at this woman. He looks at her condition. The Pharisees are all around wondering what's he going to do. Jesus does three things in this verse that I think are so amazing. Number one, he recognized this woman by calling her a daughter of Abraham as a covenant child. He recognized that she had more rights and authority than she had been walking in. She was living lower than what the covenant provided for. Number two, um, he immediately knew where the infirmity came from. Jesus wasn't confused about where sickness, illness, and disease came from. He knew exactly that it had come from the devil. He knew exactly that it was a spirit or a demon of infirmity that had bound this woman. And number three, most importantly, he knew that she had a covenant right to be free from sickness, illness, disease, fear, and all that comes along with it. Each and every one of us need to, number one, recognize that if you're a born-again, spirit-filled, blood-bought believer, that we are in covenant with the mighty God of heaven. And number two, we need to recognize that this sickness, illness, and disease, it comes from the devil. This is an all-out attack against the world by Satan. This sickness, this virus, did not come from God. It didn't come from the throne of God. And number three, we have to recognize and realize that we have a covenant of healing. Isaiah 53 so clearly says, Surely our griefs He bore and our sorrows He carried, yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we were healed. You have to recognize that we're in covenant with God. You have to recognize that this sickness is not from Him, and number three, we have to recognize that it is our covenant duty and right to be free from all sickness, illness, and disease. Amen? Jesus would not allow the Pharisees to put religion over relationship. This is what's so cool about being a believer and about being a Christian. I'm not part of a religion. I'm not part of a faith. I'm part of a family. And I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's through that personal relationship that I have my covenant rights as a son. I'm going to say something that maybe you've never heard before, but I know it to be true. God looks at you and me the same way He looks at His son Jesus. He doesn't look at us any differently. We have the same covenant rights as Jesus does. We're seated with Him in the heavenly places. Amen? God doesn't look at us, hey, maybe, maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I had a wrong thought. Maybe I, I, I did something or said something that I, I shouldn't have done. That doesn't change your covenant status. This is why we're in covenant. This is why we need a Savior. I can go to Him and say, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Amen? And God's great love for us, He forgives us. He restores that relationship and all the goodness and all those types of things. Listen to me. God's not going to heal you according to your goodness. He's going to heal you according to His great love that He has for you. It's not according to your works. Don't beat up on yourself over this. Amen? If you got caught up in the hype and running to stores and running around, and you don't be condemned right now. That's okay. We ask God to forgive us and we move on. God is my provider. He's going to take good 
care of you. And let me just finish with this. God sets the prophetic calendar for the church. The devil doesn't. When we hear of these types of turmoils and and conflicts in the world, people immediately want to start talking about, well, is Jesus coming back soon? And and is the church going to go? And all that type of stuff. Satan does not dictate when the church leaves. Let me let you know what's going to happen before the church leaves the earth. Uh, there will be an outpouring of God's Spirit in the earth. There's going to be healing. There's going to be restorations. There's going to be mass soul winnings. Then the end will come. What we're praying, what we're believing for is a revival in our nation like the world has never seen before. The body of Christ putting aside denominational differences and coming together as one. Imagine what we can do if we all just came together and got on the same page. Imagine the power of agreement that we would have if we put our petty differences and and doctrinal differences aside and we just believed and trusted God. Hey, I want to thank you for joining me this morning. I know this has been um, a little bit different. And uh, it's so strange being in the sanctuary and just looking at a a light on a camera. But I know by the Spirit that God is ministering to you right now. Whatever you need right now, by faith, by faith, by faith, just reach out and ask the Father for it. Uh, I'm going to step back for a few minutes. I want you to watch this amazing commercial that we produced at West Houston Christian Center. Make sure that you share it and get people out there. And then Brother Vince is going to come and uh, put a bow on this awesome day. Hey, here's the cool part. You can listen to this again and again and again and again. And I just want to tell you once again how much Michelle and I love you. Uh, We appreciate what you're doing. Uh, I'll be a little bit transparent also. You know, obviously not having services for a couple of times. Um, I get tempted sometimes to wonder about the finances and tithes and offerings. And I have to do what you do. I have to trust God as our provider. But if it's in your heart to sow something, if you want to sow a special seed right now, uh, we also want to be able to be a blessing to those that need help. So please don't stop your gifts, your tithes, and your offerings. Like Vincent said before, now's not the time to stop. Now's the time to go all in, full forward. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Uh, look for some updates from the church that are going to be coming up on Monday. And we'll let you know about the upcoming week. God bless you. I love you. As we close today's service, I want to thank you so much, guys, for coming together, joining and uh, listening to the word together. And I want to pray for you, so don't go anywhere. I want to pray for two categories of people today. And uh, before I do, I want to just say this as clearly as I can from God, from the Bible, and from the Holy Spirit. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. When Jesus came back from the dead, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then in Revelation chapter 1, this is so powerful. John was on the isle called Patmos for the word of the Lord. That means he was exiled. That means he was a prisoner on an island. He was thrown out there just to die uh, under a corrupt government, a crazy world. 
and he had an, uh, 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 a, an encounter with Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is the same Jesus that John uh, laid on his breast that he knew intimately. But listen, while he was in those crazy circumstances, when he saw Jesus, he fell to the ground like a dead man. That's how um, amazing Jesus is. When we see him, he is way bigger, way brighter, way more amazing than anything that's going on in the world. And so that's why I want to encourage you. Jesus is still Lord. Jesus is still alive. He hasn't gone anywhere. And when John was on that aisle and he fell down, this is, listen to the words of the Lord. I just want to, I pray comfort. I pray for those today that are scared. I pray for those that are in turmoil. I pray for those that have been uh, kind of jarred by all this. So don't go anywhere. Please listen to the words of the Lord here. When John fell on the ground, this is what Jesus said to him. He said, do not be afraid. Listen to Jesus. I am the first and the last. That means he, he just like we know he was there in the beginning, He's here now, and he's going to be there in the end. Whatever happens in this crazy world is never going to change that Jesus is Lord. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades, which is the unseen realm, and the keys of death. Hallelujah. So I want to pray for you today. Whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, I want to pray a simple prayer with you. If you're a believer and you're scared, you got jarred, like I said, you feel shocked by what's happening, but you know down deep Jesus is Lord, I want to take an opportunity to pray with you um, to reconfess that we know that Jesus is Lord, and we're going to put our faith in Him, and fear is going to go. If you are not a follower of Jesus today, I want to, I want to encourage you uh, but maybe you're scared, maybe you're looking around. I want to let you know, every one of us are going to die. That shouldn't be a surprise to us. These circumstances just make those things more real to us. But we're going to die. And so the fear of death comes, and just the reality of it. And I want to encourage you that God loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. And He's not destined you to wrath. He wants every single person to be saved. And the, the, the way that he made is that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for yours and for my sins. He did it while we were ungodly, while we were sinners. He paid the price over 2,000 years ago. He was raised from the dead, and he's the one I'm talking about. He is alive today. And the Bible says, whoever will call on his name will be saved. So I want to pray right now. If you're a believer but you're scared and you want to just reconfess that you know Jesus is Lord, the fear of death will go. But if you're an unbeliever, you've never confessed Jesus is Lord, today you can do that. You can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are in right standing with God, that your sins are forgiven. And uh, so let's pray this prayer. Just repeat after me. Say, God in heaven, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins. Jesus is Lord. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. Come into my heart. Save me, God. I offer this life to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
and now use me for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If you did that for the very first time or for the hundred thousandth time, I'd love, we'd love to hear it. You can either comment right here on Facebook. You can go to our website. As soon as you uh, go to westhoustonchristian.com, it's going to say need prayer. And uh, that prayer card goes directly to me and to the senior pastors. Uh, write us. Ask, tell us if you need prayer. We'd love to pray for you. But also just write us if you just recommitted your life or you committed your life to Jesus. We want to pray for you. Amen. We're in trying times, but it's exciting because Jesus is Lord and he hasn't gone anywhere. This is the time for the church to arise. Praise God. Thank you so much again for joining us. Keep uh, on the watch for updates on the website here on Facebook. We love you. We bless you. See you next time.